Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a weekly show discussing all of the changes happening in Google Workspace. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. Steve's playing around with the new font here that uh, is here for the Braille the Braille mode, or is it uh, the extra one that they... The new font I, workspace improves accessibility for the vision impaired font. That's the one. Yeah, okay. it's all, but it is linked to the Braille Institute, so that's... Um, kind of coincides with that so it's kind of cool i was like well you know what can actually i you know i changed the font in the document here and i was looking at it and i'm like i mean it just looks like a normal font um but then i was actually clicking into some of the history of it and the details of it on uh, some font website and uh it identifies you know some pretty good stuff here in terms of uh you know making like for example the capital o and the zero uh, very easily identified by putting that, you know, slash through the zero. Um, and, it's actually uh, a very nice font. It's very yeah. easy to read. And I yeah. was saying to Steve <laughs> before we started recording here, he had a Q-G-E-F-P-Q-I-R. I was like, you leave that in the text, I'm going to read it. <laughs> right. Our show and notes. those are the, yeah, the, and that, those are the ones you just read off there are the unambiguous characters and the ways that those ones look uh, next to each other uh, helps it uh, be a little bit more distinguishable the way that this font is designed. So it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, check it out. I think it uh, is actually a pretty good font. I would, I would say that you know I'd probably have this as like you said. I think my default font is actually really mm -hmm. nice. Atkinson Hyperlegible, it's called. Yeah, and that was actually it was named after the founder of the Braille Institute. Oh, very nice. Mm hmm. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Google's update machine is back in high gear this week, and oh, we yeah. have a lot to talk about. 12 updates in total. Steve, why don't you take us through them? Uh, yeah. We had two that came out on the recap post at the end of the week. Yep. And then we had 10 that were announced during the week. So, yeah, quite a busy week. And we'll start off with those two that came out uh, on Friday and uh, on the the workspace recap post that Google came out with. Uh, so that was that there's now uh, delegate information is available in the Gmail log search. We were talking about the uh, improved accessibility for vision impaired uh, font. So that was the other one that uh, came out there. And then onto our, our main topics that came out during the week. The first one that we had and we saw was improvements uh, for Braille mode in Google Docs provides a richer, more interactive experience. We have the ability to disable file transfer in Google Chat now. Uh, the Alert Center enrichment uh, with virtual virus, uh, virus total threat context <laughs> is now generally available. Yeah. Um, we can we can now use dynamic security groups for group based policies. Uh, the, the Google Workspace for Education Plus tier now syncs uh, with Google Classrooms uh, courses and rosters with SIS. Uh, so so for those of you in education, you will sure benefit from that. And uh, there's some a lot of enhancements here to Google Voice. I think there are about four at least four little updates in there in google voice which is nice to see some updates coming to that product from google we can now search within a folder in google drive on ios i think you could have done this before if you did parent colon and then the folder id but now it just makes it easier through uh, the ui and you can now assign sso profile to organizational units or groups with a new saml partial sso beta 
this is one that has been lingering for quite some time. It is, uh, was talked about quite a long time ago that this was coming, and uh, now we're finally seeing it. So good to see that um, being released now and get, getting it in the hands of more and more users. Uh, there's new enrollment privileges and naming updates for the Google Meet hardware in the admin console. And then there is a, a new PWA for Google Meet, and uh, that can be installed um, you know, pretty easily instead of doing the shortcuts, which I really like the shortcuts. I've been using the Google Meet shortcut for quite a while now. I had a little icon in my, um, in my Mac uh, toolbar here, and I'm just using that to get into Meet, and it looks the same as it did when I was using shortcuts. So I'm really curious as to what is different about the PWA and, you know, a tab that's put into a shortcut that's run its own little tab. I mean, I, there's got to be something, right? There's got to be something in the PWA and uh, in the way that it functions and how it's designed versus just a... Or as I can tell, nothing. Yeah, I know there's got to be something different though. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, those were the updates. And then we we also saw something come out on the Google Cloud blog. And that was uh, in relation to the APIs that Google has for, for Google and uh, Workspace. And uh, what they're going to be doing there is just providing more stability for those APIs. And uh, we should we'll go into the details of that. So that'll kind of extend into, I think, Workspace APIs as well. What uh, any top or any updates that this week that stuck out for you, Jesse? Uh, well, I'm always a fan of uh, them remembering that Google Voice exists and adding updates to that. As I want to be able to move off of Ring Central, which I had to go to in order to do our complex IVRs and flows, call flows, and things like that. And I very much look forward to going back to Google Voice. I'm happy to see that getting some attention. So excited there! And the Google Meet web app, the PWA, but so close they did not include a sidebar. I want to have my keep notes or a doc or something in the sidebar there, my tasks so that I can access it during a meet. It's not too much to ask. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I think they will. Those are uh, the bigger ones there for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump into the first ones. So we had that, uh, that song that released there about delegating. Uh, delegate information is now being available in the, uh, the Gmail a log search and that will uh, you know just give you some better insight into what's going on with those messages there in the email log search in terms of delegation things like that so a little bit of a help article linked uh, in there uh, so you can find out a little bit more about uh, what to uh, what you'll be able to find and um, yeah pretty uh, pretty useful information to kind of know who's getting access there and then we have that new font we were talking about, and that was the the Atkinson hyper legible font. And I suggest you check it out and start using it because I yeah I really like it. And you get to hear some of our state of the art research that we do for you here, back at the beginning <laughs> of the episode, going through and playing with all of the new features and functionality and testing yeah. and exploring. <laughs> yes. We spent a lot of time testing that font and typing out the letters. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yep. yep. 
which that kind of leads into the, the first update, which was that improvement for Braille mode in Google Docs, uh, providing some uh, richer, more interactive experience here. So uh, kind of no admin control for this, but for the end users, the feature's off by default. So need to make sure that you can find that and just head into tools, accessibility settings, and then you can turn on Braille support there. And uh, we'll get some, uh, you know, you'll now hear some detailed suggestion information in line with the rest of the text. So uh, it can include whether the suggestion is in insertion or deletion and the author of the suggestion, for example. So that is gonna be rolling out. Uh, that is rolled out on the rapid release domain, started the 26th of July. On a gradual rollout, up to 15 days for that visibility to, to be uh, within your user's hands. Uh, and then on the scheduled release domains, a full rollout is starting on the 16th of August, and that is going to be a pretty quick one to three day rollout once that day comes and available to pretty much all customers here. I think they, again, they do a really long list of, of who's available for it. It looks like it's the full list of every SKU, so they might as well just say available on all, but it is listed as essential business starter, business standard. Business Plus. Oh, maybe they don't have they don't have G Suite in here. So, and maybe not it's not on G Suite. Not personal. Right, right. I have a feeling though it, it's going to be on that anyways. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, the ability for admins to disable file transfer in Google Chat. So you can still insert links. So if you have that file in your Google Drive and you want to still share it, you can. You just need to get it into Google Drive first. You can't just upload it directly into chat uh, from the, the chat window there. So keep that in mind. You know, if you're trying to upload a file that uh, is, you know, your admin is now disabled, well, you still can just head over to Drive and upload it there, then go into Insert File from Drive and it'll be in your Recents uh, dropdown and then you'll be able to share it that way. So just gives the admins a bit more control over, you know, being able to monitor that that shared information. Because once it's in Drive, of course, then DLP rules come into uh, to action and can start to limit some sharing on those files once it's in Drive. Uh, that is probably the big difference there for an admin is that, yeah, those uploads before in chat just weren't being analyzed and uh, prevented from being shared if that was a DLP, DLP rule, for example. And this feature is off, so by default, you know, not, no changes essentially for your users. So you would have to go in there and make that adjustment to, uh, you know, to increase the restrictions there and what you can do with file sharing. And then for end users, uh, you know, if you do have that disabled on your domain, then you might see the upload button uh, being disabled or changed. And uh, there'll be a little context uh, there explaining what is going on. So that already rolled out. I think that rolled out uh, the day it was announced back on the 26th of Monday. So it was a pretty quick one to three day rollout for that feature. And it is available to uh, the Workspace Business Plus customers, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, and the Enterprise Essentials customers. Uh, the next one, pretty interesting information that we're seeing in some of the screenshots here in terms of uh, information around the virus uh, that might be uh, 
coming in through email, for example. So some alert center enrichment uh, here with virus total threat context now being uh, generally available. And that's kind of showing up in your alert center there when you have one of those uh, you know, malware message detected post delivery uh, alerts. And you can kind of expand out the information side panel there and get a lot more information about what is uh, going on. And for those customers that are that have paid licenses, Virus Total, you can get even further enhanced information there about uh, what that uh, virus is all about. So yeah, the standard version of Virus Total includes quite a few things. There are uh, five different things that it's going to include, like observable identification, threat reputation, uh, threat time spread, domain IP who is lookup, and then domain and server security relevant metadata. Quite a mouthful there. Uh, and then for those on the enhanced version of Iris Total, you get a uh, you know a quite a bit quite a bit more here. There's actually uh, six additional bits of information that you will get to see, which is the multi-angular detection information, some related indicators of compromise, the IOCs. Uh, you have the interactive threat graph. Uh, you've got the security relevant metadata. You've got in the wild details and suspicious attribute pivoting. So those all sound very interesting uh, headlines there, but uh, there are yeah, there's some, some more details in terms of what each of those are in the announcement article. And um, you can kind of find out a bit more about that there. So this is going to be uh, coming out to... Uh, domains pre and gradually here starting last week on the or the last couple of days ago the 26th of july and that's for both the rapid release and scheduled release domains and this is also only coming out to some of those higher uh, tiered licenses like workspace business plus enterprise standard enterprise plus education fundamentals and education plus customers have you ever seen and dig dug into any of those alert details, Jesse, and um, viruses that might come in the organization that you've, uh, you guys have got a lot of users, a lot of emails. I'm sure that you've seen some of these before. Yeah, we've dug into some of it, but a lot of it is is just the usual normal low-key stuff that comes out, you know, thank God. And I don't want to jinx it by saying anything, but um, we've got pretty... It's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to be up at 6th I know, morning, right? Big virus. It's, just uh, stop. Just... just don't even... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but any, anything that improves visibility and, and ease of access into this is always welcome. Yeah. Well, we can go back. I mean, go back to the, I think with the announcement that we talked about a while back, Chrome OS, not having any malware at all on its uh, mm -hmm. entire history of existence. So just deploy more Chrome devices and you don't have to worry about that at all. There you go. So. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, next update that we have is the ability to use dynamic security groups for group-based policies. And this is just going to give admins more control over uh, how they can manage those workspace policies for users in their org. So you can, rather than applying policies to a specific group, which is updated manually at large, admins can apply these policies to a dynamic group, which stays up to date auto-magically, which is pretty cool. I'm very and excited about that. Yeah, yeah. So you can customize service settings there when you're configuring the groups and you can manage membership automatically with those groups and base it off of different fields, information, 
in the uh, in the uh, user information in the directory, things like that. And for visibility on this one, this one is going to be only visible or uh, available to the Workspace Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, and Cloud Identity Premium customers. So it is a pretty exclusive club you got to be in to get access to this one. So, but it is available now. Probably. And it is, yeah. And the feature is available right now. So check it out. The, the next one is specific to our education customers. So Education Plus can now sync Google Classroom courses and rosters with your student information system. Uh, that is going to be a feature that is off by default, though. So admins will need to head into the admin console or classroom settings and then head over to uh, go to Clever and then link to Google Classroom rostering app and follow the setup wizard and then uh, be able to configure that and set it up. So this is rolling out, uh, well started to roll out on the 26th. It should be out to everyone by now. It was a just a quick one, three day rollout for that one on both uh, rapid release and scheduled release domains. This is only specifically available to Enterprise uh, Education Plus, sorry, so Google Education Plus customers. That is it. And this is one, this next one here, Jesse, I think is your, one of your favorites, like you said, this is the enhancements to Google Voice that came out. So there are uh, a few different ones in this article that they talk about, like missed call reason, you have the call drop reason and redial. Uh, you have some caller ID information there, as well as the ability to delete multiple SS, SMS messages at once. So you don't have to click through each and every one, one at a time which speeds things up, makes it a little bit easier to uh, clean up that SMS inbox, which I tend to get a lot of you know, <laughs> codes and just want to remove those from my, from my messages. And I got to go through one by one to remove those uh, as or I have in the past. Now, I don't know if this is going to, this is talking about workspace customers in terms of the availability here, but I'd be interesting, interested to see if I'm going to start seeing this on my uh oh yep of course i am yep it is available so here you go uh i just tested it on my consumer google voice account and it is there i can select multiple messages and hit delete on that so uh, although they say it's only available to google workspace customers who subscribe to google voice as well as g suite basic and business customers it is also available to consumer google voice customers so that uh, you can try out even if you don't have Google Voice for business. Uh, the last one, anyways. Uh, but for the other ones, you know, some useful uh, bits of information that you're going to start to get are in features on Google Voice there. The, um, the rollout for this one is a little different for, for each one, depending on, uh, you know, which one it is we talked about. So that missed call reason is starting July 15th on a gradual rollout for both those scheduled release and rapid release domains. Call drop reason and redial that is available now for all users. Same thing with caller ID as well as the deletion of multiple SMS messages at once. So should see all of those except the missed call reason uh, potentially 
But uh, saying that, I think we are 15 days from July 15th, so you should see it. So it was interesting when they, so <laughs> the blog post was released July 28th about the Google Voice updates. And within there, they say that it was starting July 15th uh, and rolling out up to 15 days. So it's like, you know, we've already released the feature 15 days ago. Now we'll tell you about it. <laughs> it is a little bizarre. They forget yeah. about this last week? Uh, but just, a week I, and a half just ago? That, yeah, just that missed call reason. It looks like it started, you know, the rollout started July 15th. And that wasn't announced that week of July 15th at all, but they just kind of included it in, uh, in here. So, yep. Yep. That's how they did it. Weird. Now the next one I want to test, uh, you know, I, I did this manually in the browser said, so I know this works, but, uh, I've done similar types of things in my Gmail app on iOS where, I wanted to search, you know, for emails when the subject had a certain word in it. So instead of using the, you know, the, I don't know, the dialog box to, you know, click the drop down and maybe say search for emails with the subject of this, I would just put subject colon and then my term and then Gmail on the app would automatically do, uh, you know, the, the search operator there. I would just, I could just type the search operator in. Now, I, I think that that's probably the same thing that a user could have done on iOS. You probably could have searched within a folder on the Drive app on iOS uh, by just typing in parent colon and the, the folder ID, but it is now official. It is built into the functionality of the app. And uh, for those that want to kind of test it out, make sure that you up, upgrade your Google Drive iOS app to at least version. 4.2021.28202. So make sure you have the latest version of Drive on iOS to test this one out. And that started gradually rolling out to customers and users the 29th of July, up to 15 days for feature visibility on that one for both the rapid release and the scheduled release domains. I feel like when we have a lot of these updates, the uh, just kind of keeps going on and on here. <laughs> Kind of it does feel more, like Jesse, you know? feel like it's dragging right. a little bit. I do have to jump in more. I was actually just poking around on my phone a little bit more, and I couldn't see get this to work on my no. iOS earlier. And I mean, I'm I'm up to date here, and I'm not seeing Are it. You? So now, I don't know. I wonder if wonder if I can do it here. Parent. And I'm in my drive too. Yeah, it's not even a shared drive or anything. It's not in a drive where I have other folders. I just went to a drive where I only have documents into it, no folders, and didn't see it there. And it doesn't show up like it does in the uh, GIF that they always include. Yeah, it shows them going into a folder and then clicking on the magnifying glass, and the magnifying glass uh, goes into the search interface, and then it offers the name of the folder says search in the name of the folder that they just went into. And you just tap on that mm -hmm. in order to search in there. And I see the options of searching for spreadsheets, documents, folders, maps, PDFs, etc. But I don't see specifically that one. So I don't know why it's not rolled out to me yet. I can check one of my other accounts. It's weird. Yeah, what I'm doing right now nope. is still not. 
Should have done more of this uh, testing before the episode. <laughs> so yeah, so on the on the iOS app, you cannot do that. Just yet. Colon tri- trick. So I oh, just yeah. did. Yeah, I just I thought oh, maybe it'll work, but it doesn't. So. Well, I guess it hasn't hit me yet um, in terms of being able to do it. It is a gradual rollout starting on the 29th. So yeah. Yeah. So give it a week or two. Well, it's up to 15 days for that one on both of those. So, oh, well, yeah, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that is available for what to all workspace customers there as well as G Suite Basic and business ones. So everyone should start to see that. Uh, we've got we've got what three more to go here. Four more if you conclude the other topic we had. Mm-hmm. So, being able to assign SSO profiles to OUs or groups within the new SAML partial SSO beta, this is just going to make it uh, you know easier to um, you know work with an SS work with Google as your SSO identity provider uh, instead of having to go to other third party identity providers, which a lot of people tend to do. And this was. Well, one of the reasons why, um, because you can't uh, segment the SSO uh, sign in other than saying everyone in the org is going to have to sign in uh, with this, other than super admins, of course. But now you can have some more flexibility on that and, you know, just assign SSO to certain groups of users and maybe not other ones, for example. So, personally, as someone uh, who's using Google SSO as my login for the organization, I'm very happy to see some more updates and more fine tuning coming to that because there have been a couple of times where it's like, yeah. well, I don't know if I want to turn this on for everybody just yet. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that was the one big, uh, the big hurdle that I'd seen a lot in that SSO setup and creation is, well, you can turn it on for the entire tenant and you can't really test it because once you turn it on, then you know it's on and then maybe it'll take 24 hours to even turn on or it might take 24 hours to turn off yep so you you had to kind of test on a demo domain and hope that it worked the same and behave the same when you deployed it to your to your main uh, environment but um this yeah this can help limit that to just like a test group of users and have them try that out so this is a, a good update i like that one enjoy that one uh Good to see that one finally come out. So here's one that I actually didn't go into the details of. I didn't uh, do any research on this one. So hopefully, Jesse, you might have been able to see what the new enrollment privilege and uh, naming updates for Google Meet hardware is. I, I mean, I saw that the enrollment privilege, so I did read about that. It's a pretty straightforward one. It's just you know giving uh, specific enrollment permission for a user to be able to do this. So you know before you had to go to an admin that had the ability to enroll those Meet devices, and now you can assign this to uh you know just anyone essentially in the company they won't get access to anything else in the admin console other than being able to enroll those meet uh, devices uh, as themselves so um sounds like you understand it pretty well i do with that one <laughs> that one i do yeah yeah it was the naming updates i'm not sure let's see so updates for the hardware management in the admin console this is uh, legacy references to, oh, this is pretty straightforward. It's just references to Chrome for meetings will be removed and replace that with Google Meet hardware. So just some minor setting reorganization there. Hopefully they fix that, this issue. There was a, the issue the other week, and I think you were experiencing this as well, Jesse, um, 
it was, it was for admin roles actually. So created a service account, wanted to give this service account specific admin privileges. And when you would go to, you know, assign the role to a user for a service account or assign, you know, a role to a service account, uh, it was just impossible. You would put the email address in there of the service account and you would try to click add and uh, it just wouldn't work. Now for a user, there was a workaround. You could go, uh, instead of from the admin role configuration page, you go to the user, pull up their security section, go into what uh, admin privileges that they were given, and you could add in add the admin privileges from that screen and that would work. But service accounts don't have that same view. So you can't go to this, you know, service account user or, uh, you know, instance of, it, of the service account in there and assign it an admin privilege. You had to do it from that assigned service account admin privileges page. And that was what was failing. It was failing on multiple domains that uh, I was looking at. I think you mentioned, Jesse, too, that you had that issue on your uh, yep. environment. And, yep. and it was weird, too, because when you put, in the, you put in the email of the service account, it would it, accept it. Like it was right. going to work. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like saying, it was. Yeah, yeah, I recognize this email. Exactly. Yeah, no. It wasn't like this was going well. I don't, know, I don't know what this is. Just whatever. You know, it actually yeah. let me fill it in, select it, and the button mm-hmm. went blue. And I went to click on the button, and it just did nothing. Yeah, I, I looked. Did you get I a looked, reply from them on that? I got. I got a follow up and see because I was looking at the debug tools, uh, the developer tools, as I clicked that button. And I was getting, you know, the JS error dot ASPX uh. or dot net, you know, uh, response. Like I just included <laughs> like three different languages in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there was something definitely wrong going on there because I was getting that error, you know, when you click the button. Uh-huh. So something was wonky and hopefully they fixed it by now. That was probably a week ago. I'll see what they say on the support case and. Just try to add that back in myself. See what's going on. Um, yeah. Last one that we have is that you can now use Meet as a PWA. So when you go Yay. to meet.google.com, you will have the ability to install Meet as a PWA. And there are ways to configure those PWAs and things to run on boot up. So. If you are on a Mac, for example, you just get that you get that icon in your uh, dock there, and you go to right click and you say options, and then you say open a login, and then if you're Windows users, you got to do some more stuff and create shortcuts and add it to a startup folder. It's annoying. possible. We've done it. Possible, but, but annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it is. I agree. So, uh, and then that one. Uh, I think I think that one rolled out to everyone pretty quickly. I I saw this one right away. I was like, "Hey, yeah. it's there!" And including yeah. the banner to try the free Google Meet web app. Yeah, yeah. I think I think all the rapid release domains got that pretty pretty yeah. fast. It said it was on a gradual rollout of fifteen days, starting on the twenty sixth of July. But uh, I think everyone's seen that. And then the scheduled release customers are going to be getting that August second on the same kind of gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility on that. As we were saying before, though, we really have to dive into this as we start using it more and figure out what the difference is between it and just a tab. Because right now, it it doesn't seem like there's anything. Yeah, I'd love to know what developers do to, you know, take a web page above and beyond and make it a 
web app, essentially. Sounds like we need to get somebody from the PWA team to join us. Oh, that could be good. Maybe some Mm -hmm. developer advocate team, DevRel team, maybe. Mm -hmm. Come on. We will reach out to uh, know there and see what we can learn about PWAs. Yeah, what makes them different? What makes them special? Like, why can't we have a PWA for everything if it's just a wrapper? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering, like, is it just putting a wrapper on the page that's already there? Do you have to do more stuff yeah. to your actual page beforehand? And so, mm-hmm. or does, or do, you know, this term PWA, does that mean that you're developing with certain types of frameworks in place uh, in terms of, you know, browser caching and local database kind of things, those, those kind of stuff that maybe the web page doesn't necessarily have? By default, but you might have to change it to support that PWA functionality. Who knows? And also, what are That's, the further functionalities that make it advantageous to put something yeah. in a PWA? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that the Ring Central app is a PWA as well. It updates automatically every every week or every two weeks, whatever their rollout schedule is. Um, but that runs as an actual app. Yeah. But there's a PWA in it. I know because you right click and you can you know interact like a web page pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, not as much as you can with the Google PWAs, but still, yeah. maybe that's because it's in an actual uh, downloadable, executable wrapper. I don't know. I would love to learn the differences here mm-hmm. because it seems like there's a gray area, and everyone I've talked to, nobody really knows. So, yeah. So let's take one of those letters out. So instead of uh, saying <laughs> PWA, let's just change it around to API. And we'll get into our last uh, uh, kind of <laughs> thing that we talked about here, which you is delivering so APIs. hard with these transitions, man. <laughs> you <laughs> really delivering do. Delivering <laughs> API stability with Google Enterprise APIs. You know, PWAs, right? APIs, uh-huh. it's yep. you know, almost the same. Sure. <laughs> I understood it once you got to the end of what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, messing Go for it. I like this so, one. And then the Verge article, the Verge loves shitting on Google. Have you noticed that? I love they, the Verge. They do. I do. Yeah. But they love dumping on Google. They do. So they called this one basically, um, uh, they started off the article saying that Google has uh, remembered, or no, they, they said for the voice update that they remembered the voice uh, exists. But for this one, they started yeah. off saying that uh, Google's reputation for aggressively killing products and services is hurting the company's <sighs> brand. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, to me, it sounds like they're growing up here a little bit. So why don't you go into it and then we can talk about it some more. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. That's exactly it, right? So they're growing up in terms of the API support. And what they are saying here is that Google is taking more responsibility for uh, certain APIs that are part of this you know, Google Enterprise API designation so that will be certain uh, things that are in the google cloud api directory the google workspace apis and the google maps platform so uh, if you see google enterprise api designation on those know that google is now going to uh, provide more backwards compatibility on these apis so when they make uh, new updates and enhancements to it they're going to ensure that Backward compatibility is in place a lot, probably a lot longer than that, than what they have been doing in the past, where they're just saying, "Well, on this day we're moving to the new API, and you know that's three weeks away, and you're going to have to transition. Uh, we're not going to support the old API anymore." So you know that's kind of changing the whole approach now, where Google's saying, "All right, it's our responsibility now to ensure that this transition from the old API to the new one is as seamless as possible." 
we will continue to support the old one for you know an extended period of time. Uh, the, the the way that the new APIs get uh, you know release go through more audibility and controls, those kind of things. So it's just providing more stability here for developers to take advantage of these APIs and use them and not worry about them breaking because you know Google decided to make some changes and then gave you a week to know about it kind of thing, <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah. I have to apologize here. Uh, I misspoke. It's not what I just quoted before was not the Verge article. The one about voice was. This is actually an Ars Technica article that uh, says that it's hurting the company's brand and so on. But okay. it does go on to you know talk about this in detail. And to me, it does really feel like Google is saying, "Hey, we hear you. We're not going to just kill these." You know, as you were saying, with the week's notice. And uh, one of the things that Google actually says here, and it's a quote: "The burden is on us. Our working principle is that no feature may be removed or changed in a way that is not backwards compatible for as long as customers are actively using it. If a uh, deprecation or breaking change is inevitable, then the burden is on us to make the migration as effortless as possible. And this really feels like a new, like they've turned the page here. And I hope we get to see a little bit more of this in the workspace side as well, because, you know, we do see new apps coming up and new things that they're testing out, whether it's through Area 120, which obviously is very, very experimental, but still like these are things that could be very, very popular if there was a way for us to say, hey, yes, please make this part of the core services or at least bring it on to the main platform. You know, it seems like they're heading in the direction of really listening to people and putting out these services that are not just experiments and actually putting in there and committing to um, to supporting them. And I think that the beginning of this, you could see the the, the early uh, decisions behind this is when they started saying things like, hey, we're going to support eight years of updates for Chrome OS. And they're realizing that in order to become much more of an enterprise tool, they need to be doing those steps, such as Microsoft and the other enterprise tools have done for decades. Yeah, uh, that is a very good summary there of this one. So welcome uh, to some, you know, grown up APIs here, Google. So nice <laughs> to see that. Cool. Uh, that is the... That's the show, folks. We wow. are not as late as I thought it would done. be. <laughs> no, we got through them pretty quick. Yeah, we went through and we blew through them pretty quickly. Not nearly as long as uh, I thought either. So yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe like getting a hold of a developer talk about those PWAs. That's gonna be that could be an interesting topic. Yeah, uh, good type of good blog post. A bit more about that. Yeah. So we'll see what we can do here in the next couple of coming weeks. See yeah. if we can get on. We haven't had a guest on for quite some time, so. Well, you I and I have both been very busy in our daily lives, so that and we've also had a few busy weeks from Google. So we've had, I think, yeah, what, twelve this that. week, ten the other week. So well, we also had we a gotta, few weeks of four. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta yeah. know from Google when those weeks are gonna happen so that we can schedule guests. We've said this before. Yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to our new listeners. Uh, our numbers are continuing to climb. They're climbing at a faster rate, and it looks like our numbers have gone up a little bit significantly oh, in the really? last couple of weeks. Yeah, so um, nice. a solid spike there. Let's hope it continues to climb, and um, we hope that everyone is enjoying. Obviously, if you have thoughts or opinions, or if you just want to tell us that uh, you love what we're doing and uh, want to shout out or ask a question, obviously, we're always reachable on Twitter, at Workspace Recap. Uh, 
And there's a forum on our website, workspacerecap.com, where you can get in touch with us and ask us your questions and us your comments. If you're interested in sponsoring, we're working on getting that ramped up and uh, doing that in a way that will be not so intrusive, but also, uh, you know, uh, so that we can make some money and keep doing what we're doing here and then maybe pay for some better prizes for people and do some more contests and things like that. So, um, you know, hopefully stay tuned there. Uh, but we are we are seeing those users. So shout out to them. And uh, we, we're happy to happy to have you here, uh, as I usually say what? every week. Sorry, you were going to say something, Steve. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, because I got, I got a new subscriber to our podcast. I was uh, I told our my Lyft driver the other day about it because he was like, nice. do, you mind if I put a po- do you mind if I put a podcast on? I'm like, you know what? There's a really great podcast called the Workspace Recap Podcast. Why don't you subscribe? <laughs> Even if you don't want to listen to it, just subscribe. So, Pedro, if you're out there uh, driving around in Chicago, thanks for uh, subscribing and being another subscriber to our podcast. Every listener helps. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Good to have you on board. Well, all of those new subscribers, if you would, please let everyone else who's considering listening to our podcast know what you think about us by leaving us a review on all of the major platforms that allow you to do so. Hit the subscribe button so you get alerts and automatic downloads for all of our episodes. And uh, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Workspace Recap.